Good evening, good evening, good evening. It's time for another KG Fifth Ward Wildcat and Doc podcast. Fellas, how are you? Doing all righty, doing all righty. A lot of out of town, a lot of out of town trips, you know, and visited some people and saw some things here and away. Doc, how are you, sir? I'm doing well. Life is good. Let's get right into it. Let's talk about the madness of March. Uh, which which uh, which conference are we going to start with first, or which side, men or women? Well, either way, we have the Kentucky Invitational on the men's side, and or on the, the like I said, Invitational on the women's side. So, which, which one is going to be quicker? Y'all decide. Which one is going to be five thirty eight? Has the Huskies with a seventy four percent chance of winning the women's national championship? Really, seventy four percent. And what did they have for Kentucky? It wasn't that high. No, it wasn't that high. No, it wasn't seventy four. I have to look and see. But I mean, the At majority 70- of of the People picking the ballots have fifty uh, percent of people picking Kentucky to win on the men's side, and seventy-five on the women's side. Seventy-four-five-thirty-eight.com. Nate Silver, Mister Stats, seventy-four percent. In a lot of ways, I would think that's kind of low. Thank you. I don't know what he's looking at because I don't see nobody, you know, ch- ch- challenging him. You know, until uh, until uh, they get to Tampa, who was standing their way? Moving through the tournament, the first four games. Well, they have like a 99% chance to get to the final four. and 74% chance to, uh, stuff. You can go to the website, 538.com. Go to my, go to the HR review. The HRR review on Twitter. There's links to it's on there. So for the first, this is the first year that, that, uh, 538.com has done the predictions for the women's tournament. They've done the men's tournament forecast models as, uh, Doc's high tech stat friends. Call it analysis. Analysis. Is that what it is? Analysis. Just the word is analysis. I'm pretty sure that they're a wildcat. But honestly, it doesn't this matter. We're to syllabi. Oh, yeah, okay. That's okay. Okay. Hey, that's it. That's it. I knew it was somewhere. In all honesty, you know, seventy four percent, seventy five. Whatever. You kind of win the championship for for the tenth time. We all three of us would be shocked. Thoroughly. You know, just bewildered. It'd be much more of a shock, a much bigger shock, yeah. If UConn is not winning national championship, rather than Kentucky not winning national championship on the men's side, and folks would that that would that would be an apocalypse if they don't make it to the final four. Uh, UConn, yeah. Oh yes, yes, because a miracle would have had that (laughs) taken place. Yes, and I mean literally a miracle. And let's, I mean, since we're we're sticking our toes in the water there, let's let's talk about that women's bracket. UConn, the number one overall seed. Because we can get a talk about uh, is much more pronounced and egregious on the women's side of the committee selecting teams based on Power Five membership rather than overall strength of schedule. You know, you have team Princeton thirty and zero only got an eight seed, and the committee chair uh, person Drew Hancock. I could. Be, I could Pull up the transcript. I emailed Doctor Transcript. Emailed you, I think, as well. Yeah. Transcript of it, and she cited Princeton. You know, the Ivy League, the league schedule as a as a weakness. You could do the same thing for several conferences. Okay, you don't do that. So, not because when we were in the mock selections, that, that's, I, I was going there. We weren't. We were told that teams would not be penalized for playing in certain conferences. For p- playing in certain conferences. They, that's why they encourage you to schedule strong non-conference. Now, so has that changed? I hope not. Because I, this is my personal opinion. I don't know if you two agree with this or not. But when you look at a team like Arkansas on the women's side, 
who went uh, had a losing record in conference. There you go. I cannot stand teams with sub five hundred conference records making the tournament. And I don't care how strong your conference is. If you are also a good team, at least be five hundred in your conference. If you cannot go five hundred in your conference, I mean, what is in other words, what is the incentive for teams in Power Five conferences to bother scheduling strong teams out of conference? If all they got to do is win 40% of their conference games and they're going to be in the tournament. I, I think in a lot of ways they'll still schedule strong outside of conference because that gives them the benefit to have a losing record in conference. But I think the balance of your point rings very true to me. You're in a conference for a reason. You decided to join the conference. Various years, the conference may be stronger than other years. But at the end of the day, there should be something about the regular season in regards to winning your conference. It's similar that we had the talk in football. You should have to win your conference. If they put a championship game in there, so be it. You should win your conference. And so in basketball, we're not necessarily saying that you need to win your conference. Obviously, the championship postseason tournament is not only should you be competitive, as you're stating, you should have a winning record. That's not asking a lot. Be above 500 well, in okay. conference play. You said clearly in a mock selection. <laughs> yep. That this well, is well, not the YBOA league. This is not the youth <laughs> league. This is not the invitational to a, to a recreation league. This is a competitive tournament. This is about competition. It's about wins and losses. You schedule, you go play, you win. That's it's not the commitment. Well, that's what they're claiming. They're well, claiming that uh, up the until other that point, conferences are not competitive enough. So they're saying that quote unquote the strength of schedule of the conference and the teams allow them to dictate that they can have this losing record. That's fall, fine and dandy. Sounds but, all good. You can make numbers as we said. Women lie, men lie, numbers don't. But it doesn't mean that if you're not a good status if you can't hire a good statistician, he can still tell you what you want to hear. And based on how he wants that, to That's true. Now when when conferences have conference tournaments, that's what, four games to get hot, am I right? Yes. If you're a low seed. If you're low if, three or four. Yeah. All you gotta do is get hot those four games and you get in. Now I don't have a problem with that because that meant somebody had a bad night on one game, one and gone. But when you don't, uh, when your conference does not have a conference tournament, I got a question, the reasoning behind the committee sitting and saying it's okay. Because there's more than one person that made a decision when they started putting lines up on the, on the board. Because you and I both know that, KG, that when – those lines, when you put those lines up, put those uh, no, put those names in, and you start moving folks around the country to like not so much a matchup, but to make the regions work, so teams won't be playing in the same bracket, at least not into the region. You got to question what went on in the discussion, and either somebody didn't speak up, or somebody said it was okay and was fine with it. Those are the only two principles that you that you chose at that point. Am I wrong, or did I read that? No, you're correct. At Arkansas, I want I was going to say this 
minutes ago, but I wanted to make sure I was right. Arkansas's record in the SEC was six and ten. So they were four games under five hundred. So it wasn't like they were nine and nine, seven and nine, you know, close. They'd have won this game, maybe eight and eight kind of thing. They were six and ten in the SEC. And they got a ten seed. Princeton went thirty and zero, and got eight seed. <laughs> so and yeah, I really need to. So we can keep talking. Uh, but I, that's my personal, one of my really personal pet peeves. And as we had, we learned in our multiple mock selection appearances that some of the members don't have a problem with teams with losing records yeah. in the conference. And because of the strength of the conference, et cetera, you know, but, but, each, but, each but, his own. It's, it's subjective. But, but one person that I had, that I went off on in the, in the uh, committed situation was because this person had a, liked a certain school and thought it was okay that they got in just because. And I, that's when I kind of like, well, I actually, I lost it. I rose up, my voice got loud, I pounded the table, made my point, and it all got shut down. And the person that was in charge of the committee at the time said, you know, that situation actually happens. Folks get upset. They say things. It's not personal. It's not personal, but Carol Lawson and Carolyn Pick had to say, what? Calm down, man. Calm down. Cool off. You know. Because we were we were sitting all together at the table, so they told him to calm down, man. So it was funny. It was it, always personal. Uh, no. Well, that got, after that point, it all calmed down the rest of the way, and folks quit putting up certain names from certain conferences and thinking it's okay for certain schools to be getting in. And with that, I'm going But, you know, like I said, because the men, Longhorn men, went 8-10 in the Big 12. That's still a losing record. Longhorns went, I, I believe I touched on it in the previous podcast, they went 3-12 and versus top 50. They got in. They got in easily. They were talking about them. Yeah, they weren't they the a bubble team. They be a bubble team. They got in re- relatively easily. UCLA, Pac-12. Went one and eight versus the top fifty. One and eight, but because they packed twelve, power five, well, they and the commissioner said the chairperson of the committee said, well, they were they got hot. They started playing better toward in the last few games, <laughs> last month. They were six and four of the last ten games. And I texted the person and I they told better. him, told him you you better show up, you better show up. Quote unquote, you better, better show up. Not a whole threat, high threshold for better. So, yeah, you better show up. So, but you know, overall. Let's just look at a few things. Uh, you know, and yes, I looked at the 538.com. Yes, UConn has 99, like a 99% chance to get to the Final Four, 88% chance to get to the championship game, and then 74% chance to win it all. So I think that's probably based on if they played um, South Carolina or whatever. But still, damn near 100% mm-hmm. chance to get to the Final Four. Yeah. We haven't even started yet. So, I mean, that just really shows you how dominant they are. And – as Wildcat touched on, if they don't reach the Final Four, a miracle would have taken place. <laughs> yep. Or the team, and I don't wish this on anyone, the team with three three superstars would have had to suffer injuries right. and I, in I the first think, game of the tournament. And that's what I was banking on. That's the only way that, that uh, they don't walk away with the trophy is three players. I'm not saying three starters. I said three players weren't able to play during the tournament. I'm, I'm saying three starters. I'm, I'm talking Brianna Stewart. 
I'm saying three players. And Mariah Jeff, no three probably have to go down. I mean, because they're, they're good enough to probably win with six players, you know, but not, not eight or nine. So, but men's side, let's talk about TSU. Doc? I'm happy for them. Is the I, campus, I, I really campus a, a buzz? No, it's spring break. Spring break, so it's not, see, that's, that's what I was afraid of. But, so, but yeah. now, it, it, leading up to it, leading up to it, how was it around? Oh, definitely. In terms of the championship game, swag championship game, a lot of buzz was around in regards to um, the Texas Southern team. And those that are here on campus, you still have t- staff on campus, still have some students around. Obviously, in terms of college athletics, the women's team, as they're going to the WNIT tomorrow and playing Southern Miss, so they were excited. Uh, news came in, very big news day in terms of announcement, as they had a, a watch party, if you would, on Sunday after they had won the tournament, seeing who they would play. So it's it's big, no question about big. A lot of news, a lot of radio time, a lot of news quotes from the coaches, Mike, Michael Davis, a lot of people trying to make plans on how they're going to get there and those kind of things. So I, I would suggest that a lot of emails going out in regards to purchase your T-shirts. Hattiesburg ain't that far away. It's, um, it's going to be. But the other thing that's troubling, and it just happens to be like that, it's the only time you can re- really do it when we open up the podcast before we started talking about this. It's also tissue relays. So some people are not going to be able to partake in getting to the game because they have to participate in the relays, whether management operating it from a mm-hmm. sport management perspective. So that took the wind out of sales for some. Um, but you're going to have a watch party going on in the uh, wild wings on campus where students um, have the opportunity to pull out some wings and uh, watch the game and cheer the team on. So probably have a camera crew there. That'll be pretty big. Also have some cases where you have some alumni groups setting up various places, taverns, if you would, to enjoy some beverages and watch the game as well. So that's big. I think the big thing that kind of kicked everything off for HBCU programs is the fact that Hampton defeated Manhattan. Oh, yeah. I was happy to see that. Played very well. Unfortunately, there was a young man that got hurt in that game last three minutes in the game. So uh, that really did a lot of Yeoman's work to get some things done. So I'll, I'll bring his name up shortly. But Quentin the, was his first name. Right. Yeah. And so he played a big game in terms of helping them get that done in their contest. Really. And they were already thought another top player too, so they may be going against Kentucky without the two best players. Yeah, which is already scary when you think about what Kentucky is. And you go in there under quote unquote under man when you're already a team that wouldn't have the top guns in regards to all the all Americans they have on their squad. So um I thought the coach did a good job joining in terms of making light of the situation, celebrating his team and letting them be happy about there and not being overwhelming. So before the game I'm referencing the fact that um if he won the game against Manhattan he said that he probably need to um, call God and Asked for some help. Call Jesus. Call Jesus. So they asked asked <laughs> him at the press conference that he called Jesus. He picked up the phone. Pretend like he had Jesus on the hotline. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes <laughs> you got to do that. Later they got a quote on Twitter that I thought was pretty good in regards. He said, did you get a chance to contact uh, Jesus? He said, yes. He said he uh, emailed me. He said, go ahead. I need to prepare for this game. He'll talk to me later. <laughs> so I thought that was a little funny in regards to what's going on. But uh, congratulations to Hampton. 
in regards to that. The other thing is, um, is the fact that um, first the MEAC is basically in in what we refer to as the basketball business. Yep. Um, first of all, after getting that win. So explain that for the listeners who don't listen to us locally on, and our people, KCOH, and the, and the et name of the guy is Quentin Chivas. Mm-hmm. And when I talk about the basketball business, that means that you're really in the basketball business to be competitive, to play great competition, and ultimately win some games. As a conference and as an individual uh, uh, conference member. Right. So when you do that, there are several postseason events now. Some people may not be as familiar with this as others. The obvious one out there is the big one that everybody wants to get to, the NCAA tournament, both on the men's and women's side for basketball. Then you have the next one, which is the NIT, and then the WNIT for women, obviously. And both of those are basically leagues where you get invited and there's some remuneration in terms of you participating in the game. The next ones down are the CBI and the CIT, College Insider Tournament. Mm -hmm. And the College Basketball Invitational. Exactly. Those are games that are products of the preseason games where organizers, promoters, if you would, find a way to get teams. And a lot of times they were doing some of these games that you see during Thanksgiving as well as Christmas in terms of tournaments that are in the Caribbean, Caribbeans, I should say, as they like to say it in that area. Uh, But they formalized this, and you have to play pay to play in these tournaments. So if you're in the basketball business and you like to reward your teams for having a solid season, reward your college athletes for participating and doing a great job, and you get a chance to actually give your coach some more time to work with the younger players, you're going to play, pay to play in these tournaments. The SWAC outside of Alabama State last year, which participated, has it institutionalized have, have not participated in their conference seems not to be pushing it. So those are some things that I kind of have some concerns about in regards to that. But with that being said, the teams that played in that yesterday were starting with North Carolina Central and Miami. They had a very nice game. Give you an update for those that hadn't heard yet. Hampton did beat Matt. We scored a game with 74-64 for those that want to be exact in terms of what's taking place there. Another big game yesterday was the NIT in terms of uh, Tuesday's game was North Carolina Central uh, getting it done, or not getting it done, but playing a very competitive game as they lost 75-71. to 71. So they went to South Beach and wasn't overwhelmed in terms of what's going on in South Beach. Seemed like you they can't were get You, you yes, can't you get can overwhelmed. Quickly. Everybody's been there and at least once. About Miami. As Miami got it done against Cleveland the other day. So they were focused, uh, made a late rush, couldn't quite get it done, lost 75 to 71, but they were highly competitive, which is obviously what you want to do after you can't get the win. You want to at least be competitive in that matchup. So that was something I thought looked good for the MEAC yesterday. Turnaround today, playing some games. Yeah, Delaware State, they played the money not only to participate in the tournament, oh, yeah. but even host Hosted, the game. Yeah. A little disappointed. I thought that was nice. A little disappointed what they were doing. Looked like they were trying to get it done early as they jumped out to an early lead in the game. But uh, close when I think it's at half. It was tied at 35. It's still at halftime there. 
and that's part of the CIT tournament they participate in. Um, and then you have Maryland Eastern Shore that jumped out, 10-point lead early, but uh, have fell behind and in a bit of a trouble. Uh, actually, it's closing out, 32 seconds left, so this pretty much is done here. They were playing high point, Maryland Eastern Shore, losing 64-57. to 57 to give you an update of some teams playing on there. And then you have, obviously, the big games tomorrow with Texas Southern uh, going to play Arizona. So 15-2 kind of gave you enough of that in regards to Thoughts? That. Thoughts? Predictions? Um, I, don't, I don't really see it being close as much as I would love to see Texas Southern pull an upset. The three things that you would have to do being an upset as well as you'd have to continue to have the guard play. They do have the guards mm -hmm. that can play well, but they would have to really cut down on turnovers. Yeah. They have to find a way to shoot at least 45% from, from the, the field. No, obviously high from the field, but they have to even shoot 45 from the three. They got to get some ways that they can get some extra points in there, three versus the bucket. And they have to find a way to be pretty much even on the boards. If they can't do all three of those, which I don't see how you can get all three of those done against the caliber Arizona. This is one of those years, usually when you see the anatomy of upset, those things take place that I'm talking about, keeping the game close, get into a lead and kind of making the team chase you and then find a way to get it done in the end with a big shot, basically. The problem you have this year, oftentimes when you see that happen, you have a two seed, but they're probably closer to a three seed versus being a strong two seed. This year, you can argue all four two seeds, at least three of the four, arguably made strong arguments to be number one seeds. That's how deep right. the top ten teams after, are. After number one, Kentucky, yes. Right. You have the gap there, but outside of that, the next level, uh, seven, eight, nine teams, arguably, uh, were right close in terms of being in position to be a number one. And one of the ways you can see that, you have a Duke team that got to earn the number one seed because of what they did in terms of the non-conference schedule and obviously what they did in conference play as well. But they didn't win the regular season or Correct. the tournament. But they're that strong of a team. And you have Virginia that won the regular season in terms of what they're doing, Gonzaga, Arizona. You have some strong teams. So, no, I don't believe they can get it done in terms of this game, but that's why you play the score. Game. Prediction on the score. That's what we do here on these podcasts. I don't see it even being close. I'd see a 22-point margin. Victor. Um, now, I'm going to add a little bit to what you, you mentioned. I'll give my margin okay. in a second. I still, for me, the add-on would be getting to the line and scoring with the clock, not, not running. And they've got to knock down free throws and can't be at 50% from uh, from guys. But to Doc's point, they don't shoot free throws very well. All of them are not good foul shooters. Well, Chris Thomas and Medarius and Malcolm Riley and you got to now you got to rise above that yeah, well at, at this point. Yeah. yeah, I mean you haven't at, at you haven't up to now, but at some point you 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 got to rise up. You got to rise up. You got to get to, you got to take your shots when you when you when you get an opportunity. And you yeah, can, well, you're in trouble when you have to have four or five teams. I was trying to live in. Uh, that, yeah, that, I know, but, to, but, but now we're right. we, 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 we breaking so out the game. We're we breaking out the game. So what, are you, what would your three? That's one of them. What would be your um, other two? The other one was, uh, not, we're not, I'm not just harping on it, but it's one of the things that's been a, a crucial for them all year. Is that turnover ratio at the guard play, at certain times it, it shouldn't happen. Like it, uh, unnecessary turnovers coming out court, ball 
off the foot, yeah. you know, out of bounds, guy not paying attention, well, and all making bad passes. We're aligned there on the turnovers. What's your third one? Uh, the third one would be guys um, blocking out. You know, on I, the I, boards. I, 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 on the boards. The boards but the, so we agree on two of them. Yeah, yeah. So that's not realistic. If you had three of them that you had to put out there that they would have to do, Chris, what do you say before you give your score? Turnovers, uh, definitely one. Uh, Madarius Gibbs had to stay out of foul trouble. You know, sure. he was SWAC Player of the Year, SWAC uh, MVP of the tournament, which surprised me because I thought Mac Marley had the best. And, games he, at, at and to his group. credit, uh, yeah. the type of kid he is, he instantly turned around and gave the trophy. So, yep, and Darius gave the trophy to Malcolm. Um, so, foul trouble, turnovers, and they got to make shots. I mean, I agree with you. They got to they gotta shoot well from the field, twos, threes, free throws. But that's not really what they do. I mean, it's, it's, it's good enough for them. They started, they started playing better toward the end of the season. In February and March, they're playing better. More up tempo, fast pace. Coach Davis talked about it in some of the post game press conferences. They're playing a faster tempo, but TSU, I don't believe TSU can run with Arizona. Arizona likes to get up and down the floor. Arizona may struggle more in a half court setting, but it's not TSU style to to slow down. True, and you know they can right. slow down against Prairie View and 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 hang in there and be effective. You yeah. know. They won ugly in the SWAC championship game, but that's because of the, because of the opponent. Right. And I, the I opponent agree. is known. And I mean that because they know the opponent. You know, no, Southern, you're right. Southern knows TSU's knows, uh, tendencies, and Coach David touched on that as well, about they know what TSU does well, but able to take a few things away from them. So Arizona can watch the film, study that film, and they have longer, yeah. taller, more athletic guys right. to do the I same thing. Right, I was just You know, you're it, talking it, about it, a much it, more talented team. Yeah. But also the ball down to depth, too, you know, in, in, in situations. You can't – you're you're not allowed – TSU is not allowed to get into a foul situation with certain positions and not and be able to go down to the, what, end of the bench, on okay. the middle of the bench at certain positions and have a replacement step out on the floor. You forget the end of the bench. You're just talking about the middle of the bench. But he plays seven, eight guys. Um, but if you're doing it in terms of your normal rotation, that's one thing. But if you're doing it in terms of foul trouble, as Chris said, that's not a good thing. They got the depth back a little bit when they got bigs back. So yeah. that gives them a, you know, a puncher shot if you want to give us a, a boxing analogy. Now, Coach Davis said over and over, and the players did as well, that they are not – just happy to be there, like they were last year in the plan. They were just happy to be there. You I know. agree with that. So, second year in a row being in the tournament, they have a better idea of what to expect. You know, handling media. Even though there are a lot of new guys on this team, sure. I think the framework and anatomy. I think with the Mike, expectations. Yeah. You know, Coach Davis has the program now, expecting to be in the tournament, you know, right? In the tournament, and and that's a key. That's a that's a start right there. They're expecting him, to be in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, he wants to be sliced bread. He's gonna be the sliced bread. It takes fifteen years for people to buy that sliced bread, but he wants he wants to be the best team in the SWAC year after year. He wants to be he wants TSU to be a six, seven, or eight seed come tournament time and not have to worry about winning the SWAC championship. He said they want to be an at large bid, an at large. A team gets a team that gets an at large bit in the NCAA tournament yeah, based on what they do, do. non conference, 
as well. He wants to play all the top teams. And he's talked about it from day one, but and it looks like. And let me throw some rocks now, if I, if I may. Go ahead. He wants to we, play we all do. the top teams. So I'm going to throw rocks at the top team now because since TSU has beat Michigan State and, and beat, beat Kansas State, we'll see how many top teams play TSU in the future because more and more of them will start, well, I don't want to play y'all now. Y'all, are, you know, y'all might beat us now. Different so world. I, can't, I can't lose it from TSU. Different world now. You know. Absolutely. So that's and, one thing. Next, go ahead. my alma mater, who seems to make excuses about playing top teams, scheduling top teams, all I hear about is, well, we try to schedule so-and-so, so-and-so. Well, when I look up and see five SWAC teams on your schedule, maybe you can try hard enough. <laughs> so, you see, U of H is a prime example of, well, we, we're in a in, in U of H alumni eyes and administration eyes. Well, we are a, in a Power 5 conference. So we don't have to schedule these not tough non-conference teams because our conference would be good enough to help our strength to schedule and get us into the tournament. Really? Two many teams got to the tournament this year from the American. Excuse me. Really? Excuse me, the ACK. Excuse me, the ACK. Yeah. Two teams got it from the ACK. So on the men's side, on the men's side, three on the women's side, which surprised me. You got UConn, yeah, South Florida, and Tulane. The women's side got it, and you know, very but surprising. Overall, it's a different in philosophies. Coach Davis wants to play and schedule those top teams. He wants, to, in order to be, in order to be the best, you got to beat the best. U of H is well. We're gonna try to schedule some of those guys, and and, and then they they have this you know pie in the sky fantasy of. A home and home. We have not accomplished squat in 30 years, and yet we're going to try to dictate to powerhouses that we'll play you. We'll play you on a home and home basis. What? Yes, yeah, man. you go to you, you're going to stay, uh, Coach Cal. We'll play y'all. We'll agree to play y'all if y'all come in here one time. You, we go there one time. Really? Coach Cal be like, click. <laughs> Who are you? You, you? you? What have you done? Click. Duke, same way. Michigan State, same thing. Texas, same thing. Home and home? We what? I'm I'm done now. I'll come back to that a little bit later on. Trust me. And with some more of the HBCU framework okay. on the women's side, you have Alabama State taking on Florida State. Fifteen two seed. Good luck. Yes. Florida State is very Boy, good. Very good. Highest seed they've ever getting before gotten before in terms of the two seed. Then we have Tennessee State. They were able to get uh, into the tournament. They take on Kentucky, I believe it is. Um, two 15 seed as well. Good luck there, too. <laughs> and then you have the fact that you have Savannah State. Savannah State Playing takes South on Carolina. South Carolina. That's even the Now, correct me if I'm wrong. See if you can pull one, it up quicker. 116 matchup. So those are I read this. I haven't checked it, but I read Wildcat. You know where I'm going with this. I read somewhere that South Carolina and Savannah State played earlier this season. They did. Yep. Wildcat, didn't one of the things committees say to us over and over again that they tried to avoid repeating regular season matchups? Right, especially in the first round. In the first round? What yep. the hell? I guess now, the key word is try. Well, see, the other thing, too, has changed. You remember before, they, we didn't have the regional situation of teams being boxed in to try to accommodate. But they uh, don't even follow but, that. Well, apparently – and the new makeup of the committee, somebody said in a in a in a meeting, we're gonna adjust some things to the, our new fitting. Don't roll your eyes, Doc. Don't roll your eyes. 
Well, I, I don't understand but, what people say. The reason I'm saying that because consistent. Listen, right. That's they're, not, long, they're not enforcing their not own consistent. rules. So that's all I'm saying. And I'm not doubting that they said that. And I'm very sure they did say and, that. But the only thing I'm rolling my eyes is not that you said it. It's the fact that you're not consistent. You're just saying things. And, and then you act as if nobody is supposed to be aware of these things. If we're not supposed to say anything, I'll call you, call you out on this. Be consistent. And obviously they're not. So I roll my eyes again. All right. You know, I'm just throwing it out there. Last thing as we move on, I know this is going to be basketball heavy, uh, but we have literally some breaking news that they really snuck out of here. We talked about this a little early, that this redo of the Heritage Bowl, um, and there was another Legacy Bowl was a title that they threw out here. Okay. But they announced today it's official now. We said it was coming. It's official now, and we, they – allowed everything to get quiet and they announced it today Miak and Swack to play in newly created Celebration Bowl where where will it take it'll place? be in Atlanta okay was said by Morgan's athletic director Kerr to his credit he was correct on that and so um, one of the more interesting points that I found in here is the fact that um, they're going to partner in some form or fashion, with the 100 black men of Atlanta. Interesting. Um, those that are very familiar with the HBCU classic scene are familiar with the 100 black men of Atlanta putting together the Atlanta football classic, which they've done for several years now. It really grew under the steward uh, of Florida and then playing Tennessee State. Mm-hmm. Last couple of years, they had Southern jump in there and play Florida A&M or FAMU. Um, this year, in the last year, they went back with the like North Carolina A&T playing South Carolina State and then play that again. But they're going to partner with this, um, so that's a unique where they got a localized organization where they can continue to provide scholarships. So I'll read the first sentence of the quote. Obviously, you can go to the swag.org and be at. Uh, page to get the rest of it. We are excited, quote, we are excited to work with ESPN to begin a new tradition of celebrating the best in historically black college and university football while continuing our commitment to the countless students, parents, and community members who we serve daily. And this is coming from John Grant, the Chief Executive Officer of the 100 Black Men of Atlanta, Inc. I think that's a nice partnership, uniqueness. Obviously, uh, a quote Coming from Senior Vice President of ESPN Events, Pete Dervis, it gives me great pleasure to announce that this bowl game is a reality. It is a testament to the collaborative spirit of both the MEAC and SWAC and their respective commissioners that the Celebration Bowl will take place. They've been really pushing this for several years now, and they've gotten a position where they got it done. I go Dewar Sharp as a SWAC. Uh, he had two sentences in terms of the quote, short, straight to the Vest, I guess you said, uh, quote, this is a great opportunity for our schools and student athletes to compete on a national stage, stage and showcase the talent that exists within HBCUs. And so that was the first sentence of his quote. And that's the million dollar payout. Yes, right? the million dollars split in half and half. They really didn't break down how it was going to be split in terms of schools or the teams playing in it. But essentially it's going to be a million dollars per conference and they'll figure out their own way to split it. 
Dennis Thomas, MEAC Commissioner, as part of the conference's continued efforts in branding and increasing his exposure on the national platform, I am elated that the champions from the MEAC and the SWAC will compete in the bowl game during the most exciting time of the year for collegiate football. And obviously, another interesting partnership that is along with this, and I'll read a little more of this quote because I think it ties in well, uh, but Rich McKay of the Atlanta Falcons, president and CEO, partnered with this. Obviously, it'll be played in the uh, arena that... Uh, it's the Georgia Dome, right? Georgia Dome, mm-hmm. where Atlanta Falcons currently play. They're working on a new stadium, yep. Yep. people realize. Quote, we're honored and excited to be involved in the inaugural celebration, which inaugural celebration bowl which will feature the champions of the mid-eastern athletic conference MEAC, and the champions of the southwestern athletic conference SWAC. the falcons have long been strong advocates for historically black college football with our close partnership with the black college football hall of fame and shrine dinner each year we are pleased to partner with espn and the georgia dome to provide game day services and promotional support in order to help make atlanta the long-term home for this game. That's Rich McKay, as I said. I think one other thing that is interesting that's in a lot of ways really outside of this game uh, is the fact that ESPN events and subsidiaries of ESPN owns and operates a large portfolio of collegiate sporting events worldwide. The roster includes three Labor Day weekend college football games, 12 college bowl games, 10 college basketball events, and two college award shows, which accounts for approximately 250 plus hours of programming reaches almost 64 million viewers and attracts over 700,000 attendees each year. The satellite offices in Boca Raton, Boise, Birmingham, Dallas, Fort Worth, Albuquerque, St. Petersburg, and Las Vegas. ESPN events builds relationships with conferences, schools, and local communities, as well as provide unique experiences for teams and fans. ESPN events also manages the Big 12 corporate partner program and they go ahead and list some of these bowls out so uh, there are some fans in the MEAC that are frustrated with this SWAC is pretty much on board they were always there many of the MEAC people have they're split and so it'll be interesting to kind of see how that continues to go and how long will they go for that again you can go to SWAC.org and listen to the press release I thought they did a good job of keeping this in house so it's interesting for me to Wonder how many people were actually at the media conference because they didn't put out a presser, I guess, other than the people I, that really wanted that. <laughs> well, se- selective media. Uh, yeah, you kind of aware of that for the swag. They they treated you, know, it, you it, in that way for a while now, so yeah, it's nothing new for you. No, no, that, and I understand. It, it, I understand it, it. I understand it. But questions need to be asked, and and questions need to be answered. The last thing I will say here. Um, is the newly created celebration postseason game, which again will feature the MEAC SWAC champion, will be on December 19th, uh, pitting the conference champions, as we said, from both of the HBCUs. The game will be played at the Georgia Dome in Atlanta and will be on the ESPN network. They they will continue with the MEAC SWAC challenge at this time. It looks as if the SWAC officers will continue with the SWAC championship game. We can see that change because they still have the uh, SWAC meetings coming up in the spring, but at this point, everything's moving forward. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting that they kind of snuck that in there, and I'll be surfing the internet boards to see a little more what people's thoughts are on that. It's intriguing to me that they embedded this right into 
uh, when everybody's in March Madness, so you can tell they purposely tried to keep it down for a while, which they did at odds with the fact that you want to get this to the people. So yeah, that's not smart. So they're gonna brand bad it. marketing. Well, I think in a way it's smart from the framework that they still know that there is a sizable negative. For, from that perspective, from yeah. From the MEAC. So they have to be the careful pushback, about yeah, I understand the pushback. That part. So they're trying to do that. But in terms of popularity and getting, you know. Well, I think they'll wait know, until so, yeah. as a season, and I think that fans will get involved with their team. And as a season, they'll roll out a plan to market it by the end. And by the end, it's too late for, I mean, it's when things happen in the decision, people kind of coalesce with the negative vibe to some degree. So they'll probably create a marketing package that goes directly to the institutions. And leverage that, uh, but I'll be following to see how they're going to market this, and definitely will let the listeners know from a sports management perspective what do I think about their marketing. Again, will you I'll be think, there? Yeah, I'll be there. It'll be it'll be easy for me to find a way to make this trip. My wife's from Atlanta, so it's gotcha. always a good reason to bring her on that time of year. Along with Deuce. Yep, get to bring my son, son Deuce. Uh, so we'll be having podcast information from Atlanta, from the Georgia Dome, yeah, and the absolutely. inaugural yeah. Swag Meak Celebration Bowl. So I'll be there, live. gentlemen. But, but I, I still, and I'm, gonna, I'm gonna, and we'll be ready to move on. I still believe in if I got have a captivated audience, I'm gonna use that to my advantage. I know y'all can't see this, but I'm gonna pass this along to my colleagues here. They already have the design and image. It's pretty nice. Uh, at first, when I heard the name of the bowl, uh, it didn't jump off off of me. But I don't think it's very a bad name, if you would. Gentlemen, one ten p.m. Central Time, Thursday, March nineteenth. TNT. Is it TNT? Southern, Portland, one ten p.m. Should we? They got to go to Voodoo. The announcers. Donuts. Kevin Harlan. I went, to, I went to I went to Portland. I got to throw that out there. I was in Portland. Remember, y'all gave me a break and allowed me to work around my schedule in terms yeah. of a podcast. Kevin so Harlan, Reggie Miller, call. Dan Bonner on the call. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah, nice, nice, nice. It'll Thank be you for that. I got to see if they're going to verify this that this will be on Westbrook One. But um, there was some thought that Chatterbox may be doing that call. I can't believe it, but it'll be interesting. <laughs> to on, I'm on, laughing. On whose call? I'm, on Westbrook I'm, I'm One. Laughing. I'd be okay, great if he could. Uh, if he gets it, it'd be awesome. Man, that's tremendous. tremendous. But the game, okay, will the game be on but KTSU? Regardless, it'd be on KTSU. Yeah, that'd be on okay. KTSU. All right. All right. Now, uh, they're supposed to be picking up the fees. So that'd be great. Yeah. Uh, and, and for you mobile uh, mobile people that that understand it, that understand it all. Y'all uh, tell me what y'all thought about it. I like it. I like it's, it. I it's, it's nice. It's nice. It's nice. It's nice. You know, um, better objective than I am, so I, 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 I you know, it's, it's, and it's just getting a quick look at it. You know, that's fair. Put it on, uh, put on your Twitter account, man. Put, put I on, will. Yeah. yeah. Um, Which is what? Hold on, while can we do a little cross promotion? Who are you yeah, on Twitter, yeah, that's, sir? That's what we do. Kenyattaville, D R K E N Y T T A C A V I L. Again, it's D R K E N Y T T A. So yeah, put that on Twitter. All right, now. For you mobile people with your Androids and your smart smartphones and and whatever, go to your app, uh, uh, app store, app store, and search NC2A Sports. It, it, when you when you bring it up, you will be at, at, uh, tomorrow's post interviews for all the games in the tournament up to the final four will be. Post uh, will be done live streaming 
on the NC2A Sports uh, app on your mobile phone, and there there is a um, uh, a listing. Once you bring it, once you go to the uh, uh, go to the app, and once you get uh, once the app installs, it'll be a listing that says uh, news. And you go to the news, and it'll show up. It'll come up all of your the teams and all what times they're playing, what time they're scheduled for their post games. And it'll say, click here. So are you saying that the listeners may have catch free. our voices free during post-game? And we say, Chris Gard, he's around Bar View. Jerry, Jerry Lee Willie, Willie, College Sports, Sports Report. Report. Yes, you, that'll Jackie be true. Deville, KCOH, 1230, 12, excuse me, 1230 a.m. That's it. So let's, it let's, it's let's been check. done before now. Yes, it, it has. It, it, it's been done before. Let me say this one time as I get Yeah, we had it by going to Tampa. No, no, yeah. no, 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 no. My sorry behind team, the Detroit Pistons, lost to the woeful Philadelphia 76ers for the second time this season. How this evening, 94 to 83. 94 to 83. Scored 83 scored, points. They could have scored 90 points. Sorry, sorry. They could have scored well, 90 points. Let's not be too sorry that they beat the Pistons for the second time. So, 94 to 83. <laughs> lottery, come on, lottery. And this is after the Pistons came from behind <laughs> come on, Tuesday and beat the Memphis Grizzlies, helping the Rockets out, beat the Grizzlies by, by uh, 10 points to stop a 10 game losing streak. So, I guess. The Pistons finally probably realized that too many wins will disrupt their ping pong balls status. So that's why they went back to losing ways, losing to the Sixers this evening. But yes, uh, TSU, Arizona, 110 Houston time on TNT. Catch that game. You can go to my men's hoop blog and, and see all the announcers and, and the start times for the games on the uh, CBS, True TV, TBS, and TNT networks. I haven't watched True TV since last year's tournament, so I'll resume watching that. It'll be my annual visit to True TV. It will be uh, March Madness. Other than that, I don't watch it at all. So, But you go to my men's who's blog at HoustonRongBarView.com and pull up that blog post and get the information for it. CBS Sports and Turner Sports announced the games and announcers for the first and second round coverage. So you can go to my, my blog, and, and I'll have that information on there as the tournament progresses as the three of us know the South Regional will be in Houston, and uh, we will be part of that, right, Wildcat? Yes, we will. And then the following week, we'll be in Tampa. All three of us will be in Tampa for the yes, Women's we Final will. Four. Watching UConn cut down the uh, nets for the 10th time. <laughs> Doc will be see it for the first time. Uh, you know, awesome. I can't uh, wait. You know, up close, see that, it's see the train. Real oh, Doc, this, 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 the best part about going to the Final Four is in, in the uh, interaction. When when the season's over, with, teams are looking at you, you. Watch teams put the schedules and all together, workout times uh, for the for the, the upcoming season. You know, and they talk and job movement is is going on. It, it'll be interesting. Speaking of which, hey, good it, segue it, it there, sir. Good segue. You know, it was on hold. Uh, hold and, that thought though. Okay. I want to get to that in a second. All right. North Texas uh, position. Is open really again? Opened up uh, last week again. I was contacted Sunday night or Monday night from a uh, someone who's interested in the job, and that person is somebody that uh... asking me uh, what I heard had heard. You know, if I knew anything about what the North Texas administration was looking at, which direction they were going, I was surprised to get the the interaction so quickly. So I was like, no, I haven't found out anything yet. So 
<laughs> you know, but I think it was Monday because then Tuesday is when Greg Williams announced his retirement at Rice. And the only reason I'm, I'm mentioning that is because Karen Austin just left North Texas to go to Texas. Yes. That job was opened up mighty quickly. Yes. That's interesting. I, yeah, I think the something, administration something. there has maybe unrealistic expectations. Apparently so. For, you know, miracle turnarounds. That's not going to happen. So, um, that's not going to happen. But yes, I was contacted about that job. And then, like we touched on, uh, Greg Williams announced his retirement at Rice. And I already have someone in mind who I think Rice should hire for that job. But Wildcat has told me that he doubts that will happen, which would be disappointing. Um, and we're going to let that go at that. That's all we're going to say. If you listeners, you want to know who I'm thinking about. Maybe. I doubt it, though. You know, but <laughs> I will hint at it strongly on uh, at Twitter, on Twitter, T-H-E-H-R Review, and my Facebook page for the Houston Round Bar Review without mentioning this person's name. But I did contact this person yesterday while I was at the Rockets Orlando Magic game. So. But I'm, sur- I'm surprised about the, the North Texas because that job has gone through some interchanges real quickly. Yes. You know, because uh, this is the second short-term coaching staff for that position, for that job. Yes, Mike Peterson. I love how schools uh, phrase their the press releases. North Texas and Mike Peterson have mutually agreed to end Peterson's tenure as Mean Green Women's Basketball Coach. <laughs> it sounds so lovely. Like, yes, Coach, this is not going to work out for us. So we wish you the best of luck. Now, I agree. So, Doc, usually when that happens, you know, a new administration comes in yes. and somebody, uh, and the new administration's friend or somewhere along the way, colleague, colleague wants that job and is waiting, is in waiting. Either is still, is, is most likely is out, not working at the time and just waiting for a position to open up. And, uh, Usually when that happens, it sucks, but it happens. You know, if it's a bad year, bad timing, bam, the person that's in charge is gone. But in his three years with the main green, he was 28 and 61. He was 5 and 24 this season, and they did not qualify for the Conference USA tournament. He didn't do himself. So he didn't do it. Yeah, he didn't help himself at all. So, uh, yeah. And he uh, apparently, when. The, they need to take somebody from high school ranks in the Dallas area and can, and see if they – You got to ask. And ask, and I wonder if any of the high school coaches will look at North Texas as a step up. Well, Cause, cause all I can say is – The Dallas area in high school basketball is on the, picking on the our butts. Side, on on the know, women's so. side. You know, it, it, Except Cy Woods. And, Cy Woods, 6 And, I, and I'm, I'm going to say this because it needs to be said. Different coaching philosophy – Won that game for them. I'm just, I'm going to leave it just, I'm going to let it go just like that. Because I said that from the beginning, the first time we saw uh same situation at previous school, this was a totally different situation. Now I actually got a chance to watch this up close. Different coaching philosophy. Guards. Coach, coach was in charge. And I can say that for flat out. Coach was in charge. Yes, the players didn't run the show. The players didn't run the show and the parents didn't run the show. Coach was in charge. 
you have any, or would you, would, without naming any names, what direction do you think Rice should go for the next head coach? Oh, somebody that can, within five years, get them to the turn. Which tournament? I'm talking about NC2A tournament. Because in 10 years, Coach Williams wasn't able to get them to the NC2A So do you think the... Getting the postseason play in this conference, you can get that. The, that, new, that the new AD, the, well, not newish AD, Mr. Joe Callgard. Different philosophy. He ex- he wants, he expects, he, well, he wants Rice to be the Stanford of the South. Am I correct? Pretty much. You know, he wants them in to get to, of, yes. he, he wants them to get to the tournament and to the NC2A tournament in a certain amount of time. I think you have to find a coach that has the background of either being a strong first assistant at a private institution such as Duke or Stanford that has done well. You mentioned Duke, and I don't mind Northwestern that. Northwestern or Harvard. Uh, in regards oh, no, to no, 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 you mentioned uh, a place that I, I, I would expect that to happen, and it could in this conference. But the reason I make that caveat yeah, I understand. is the fact that you need somebody to understand the expectation oh, yeah. at Rice. Yeah, first and in the classroom and then on the floor. Right, but the reason I say it probably needs to come from a program that has the pedigree of doing that is the fact if you're assistant and you can lean on where you were, I think it makes it easier for you to go in the door and kind of compete to yeah. some degree against the Stanfords, the Dukes. Because in reality, because the Stanfords and Dukes play in the Power Five, you had a slightly disadvantage. Let's be upfront with right. that. Right, yeah. And you okay. have the ability, obviously, to get it done and go to the tournament. So now you have to sail similar to what you do at Harvard, saying, hey, history here, the prestige of being at Rice. Now the problem that you don't necessarily – necessarily have it rice is the disadvantage is that you're not playing other teams that have that same level of prestige right you can count the teams in the in conference usa that will consistently push to go to the tournament on a regular basis well, i'm not i'm, I'm talking, talking about academics, about, I'm talking academics. oh well, no they're, they're, no the no, first no. thing you got to do with rice is academics oh yeah yeah so you got to go find talented players and i think it's easier to do in a basketball frankly in football in women's basketball for sure it's just less numbers, both men's and women's basketball. I think. As Mike Rhodes is and turning then, around on this, yeah, and I, I think that's going to happen. Yes, I think that's going to happen. Right, and, and so, I see, I see that timeline, you know, happening. But so I think you need a coach of that mindset, that framework. Let's talk about the success of the HBU women. Now reach the speaking of, of the Southland Conference tournament. That makes every Division One women's program here in town get into a conference tournament championship game. All four. What bothers me is that it should be happening a lot more often now. It, I, it, I agree, and it needs to, it, and it needs to because barring, that goes back a to fight and a brawl. But, yeah, TSU would have reached. The SWAC championship game. No question. The oh, last, no, uh, no, last forward prayer view. So. Yeah. And Which brings us to we've been U of H and Rice. Right. We've done our part. They yeah. are lacking right farthest now. away from, from getting to that point. Compared to Prairie View, yeah, yeah. TSU, and HBU yeah. as we speak. This season proved that. Without a doubt. Now, trust me when I say this, listeners. Coach Huey and his staff, it's going to be a whole lot of players at U of H in the fall. That's all I'm going to say right now. It's going to be a whole. It won't be a wholesale change because they can't make those anymore. But 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 look for some new people 
There will not be the same the group that you saw on the floor finish this season. It ain't going to happen. But Coach Finney and the Huskies were the eighth seed. They got into the – they qualified for the conference tournament with help on the last nice day. Yeah, just like Rice. And they shocked everyone, everyone except themselves. Kudos to Coach Finney and the players for believing in themselves and coaching staff as well, obviously. And did it without the best player on that squad. Yes, Shanice Steenholz tore ACL weeks ago. Back in. And let me tell you this. You know, Aaron McGarrickin. Yeah. She can hoop. Yep. I mean, you know, seeing her once this season, she played okay. But in this tournament, she played great. Now, I'm going to tell you who else finished that she well for them. She played great. Was Rachel Arthur, if I'm not the, Yes. And Monette Neal. Yes. I think that, that those two players took up the slack. Is it Monette or Monet? Monet. Well, let's, let's say I, she had. Flair. We had talked since tournament is over. With. I hadn't been able to catch up with her. She may have. It, it may go to Monet. Monet. <laughs> but Coach Finney, she checks us out on a regular basis. She wants to know. You know, she'll let Jared, us know. She'll yes. let us know. But one thing is for sure: that group as a unit sucked it up, went through that conference, got some road wins that they shouldn't have gotten, pushed some teams, and when they get and, and the whole. T- team and coaching staff said from the beginning of the season, we got to get we get to this tournament. We're gonna make a, we're gonna take our shot. We're gonna make our run. So they they beat McNeese State, the fifth seed, in the opening round by two. They beat the fourth seed, Ann Corpus Christi, by one. Then they beat the number one seed, Stephen F. Austin, after trailing in the first half yeah. of that game, thirty to twelve. Yep. Yeah. Went ahead and won that game, 88-81. Man. So you see the turnaround in that game. And, and then lost, if, but in if not for a, game, a, you know? a drought and some free throw situations uh, in the uh, second half, they could have got that. They could have pulled it off. But you can't in women's basketball. You and I both know you can't have scoring droughts. You just can't. On on, on no time you, can you uh, have a scoring drought. And then, but the future is bright. Yeah, oh yeah, at, at, at Sharp Gym. I'm and I'm gonna say this. And kudos to Taylor Jefferson. She was the reason why they beat SFA. She, she struggled. Down, she struggled in the championship game against Northwestern State. She knocked down some threes. North Shore High School. Just talked it out there. Yeah. North Shore. She knocked down some threes at some crucial times in the game that just like was backbreakers. And that's another team that doesn't run up and down the floor. They will work the clock five seconds, and they took getting a good shot, not just putting up a, just putting up a jumper or whatever. They getting good shots. They they have they have patience. They have patience. Sometimes to me they have too much patience, but they they got it and they are getting it done. Real quickly here, back to uh, my prediction on TSU Arizona. I'm going to say Arizona eighty, TSU sixty two. I think TSU will start out. First half, playing well, confident, maybe within 10 or less at halftime. And then I think second half, uh, talent, athleticism. Yep, depth. depth so I get will will uh, pull away Stanley Johnson and all that other talent for Coach Miller. And the Wildcats will 
will uh, pull away and win. Well, let me ask this but question then. Give me some upsets. Give me some upsets. Let, let me ask this question before you before you move to, to get to the upsets. Do you can't? Do you think Coach Davis can control the game from the sideline enough to keep them close and allow guys mentally uh, confidence to like we still in this game. We were sitting in this game at least until the 10-minute mark. The I, second I half. think so. And, and I'll, Cause I'll I've say watched this. Because I've watched him yeah. do that in, in games, you know. Just, just. And But to do that, I just – their best chance to win is up-tempo, but they cannot up-tempo Arizona and beat Arizona in up-tempo. So, well, let me back up. That didn't make any sense. Yeah, it did. TSU's best – <laughs> yeah, dude. I, I understood. Their most effective way is playing up and down. Right. But against Arizona, Arizona plays up and down better than TSU. Right. That's what I'm saying. Okay. So I think TSU's best chance to win the game versus Arizona would be to slow it down, make it more of a half-court offense. And we'll see how, you know, they don't call out a lot of plays. Coach Davis trusts his players, trusts Darius. They got to get ball movement, swing the ball around. Got to be patient and take good shots. But clearly they cannot turn the ball over. Because Arizona will turn those turnovers into buckets with the quickness. So I'm going to say 80 62. Wildcat, give me a score in that game. They're going to get some upsets. Doc? Let's see. Uh, I'm saying 85 to uh, 72. Oh, wow. Close to Okay. And the only reason I'm saying that because I, I, I do believe they will either get an early jump and just, and, Kind of like, you know, platitudes being what they are in the second half. Arizona uh, extend the game out and pull away. But I can see, yeah, 85-72. All right. Well, here's an upset prediction for me that uh, apparently a head coach already On the believes. Block? Eastern Washington head coach has <laughs> already said, Coach Jim Hayford for Eastern Washington has already said, we're going to win. We're going to beat Georgetown in the, in the opening round. So just get ready. Oh, Eastern okay. Washington is the number six seed. Apparently told uh, Jim Rome on radio during the interview, we're going to win. Talk again, Jim. That's what he said. So if you're still in the pool, you want to put the Eagles in the pool. That's a quote. So – and, and obviously, I, I, honestly, I was going to pick them to beat Georgetown anyway. All right. I'm going to stay in the Big East. I'm going to go with Texas, this up-and-down team. I think they're going to find a way. I hope you're wrong. 11 over 6, Butler. I hope you're wrong. Because I don't like, like Longhorns, as you all know. But I hope you're wrong. Honestly, I don't believe they're going to be wrong, though. But I hope you are wrong. Yeah, I think that's an upset. But Tyler Harvey, leading scorer in the nation, Plays for Eastern Washington. If you're able to watch that game, you will know who Tyler Harvey is after seeing him play in that game. That's Trust me on that. Well, uh, I will give this I hope, out. I hope you have another upset in mind that I do. If you don't say it, I will. I'm looking at Wyoming to win two games. First beating Northern Iowa and then beating Louisville. Yeah, that was my – uh, that's what I'm. That's, that's, Friday, that's what I'm looking at. I'm tw- looking at famous twelve five. <laughs> oh yeah, easy one to go with. And yeah, I'm gonna look at it. Would be a Wyoming. Folks, over, if, over. if okay. folks don't stay up late like I do that's, and watch and watch late late that's, basketball, that's the fine. Wack, I was going another twelve five. Okay, Stephen F. Austin. 
You gonna go with that? To be Utah. I, I don't know because they lost a kid. Uh, somebody got hurt in the uh, championship game, and um, but but the, the kid made the trip. I do know that, and it's and we gonna find out. It, it, it's sort of like a situation like with um, um, TSU um, with the uh, got hurt in the game with the stitches. And we got clear to play. Riley, Malcolm Riley, Riley yeah. yeah. It's sort of like that situation uh, with either uh, with an ankle or a knee. Since you went with that 12-5, I'll throw another one out there. My upset on Friday, uh, just to be different. I'm going to go. This one is not going far out there because it's a 10-7 matchup. I'm going to go with Davidson over Iowa. Hmm. A lot of folks are picking Davidson to beat Iowa. Interesting. Yeah. I like this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Women's side. Uh, you got any upsets on the women's uh, side? You would have to ask that question. I'm being honest now. You would have to. podcast. Yeah. Let me, let me roll over to it. It's got to be some upset on the women's side, but I'm not sure if anything is just jumping out at me in terms of upset. And when you see the upsets on the women's side, I don't think you'll see them until. Um, they got to get to the regionals. Yeah. Because first rounds are not, first two rounds. There's people that the teams are overmatched. Yeah, so I might be able to give you some. Oh, y'all may rub some listeners the wrong way with that kind of that really? kind of chatter there. You know, they're saying Ooh. there's parody in women's basketball. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm being honest. No, no, and okay, I keep so saying so no. So both y'all are saying no. Double digit seed will win a game in the first round. I can't see. I can't either. I can't even see one that I would. Feel and I'm not. I'm not out. counting nine eight, nine eight, and eight as an upset because that's no. Right, oh no, huh? I like, huh. Yeah, no. I like your okay, so framework you, of it. You, you don't have it. West Kentucky beating Texas twelve five there. Nope. Not from what I saw in Birmingham. You have Wichita State beating California thirteen four. No. Now Wichita State beating California. Let me see now. Yeah. LSU beating South Florida. No hell no. I said no no no. Uh-huh. I'd be very disappointed if that happened. Miami over Washington. <clears throat> 11 over 6. Mm. 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 I'd, be, I'd be surprised because I'm going to say no. I don't I'm, see. I'm going to say no. That, that's one I would jump out at me that I would keep. And I'd be surprised. And for the, the committee's sake. Here is Gonzaga with George, George Washington. For the, Yeah, that's. 11 uh, over 6. For the committee's sake, even though they would say, um, you know, well, the seed was 7-10, Arkansas needs to be Northwestern. Yes. Because Arkansas is a 10 seed, but they were 6-10 and 10 in the SEC. Yes. And they're in the they're in the tournament Great. because they were in the SEC. Great point. So Northwestern has a better record. They played better down the stretch. So, but – if you're going to have a 6-10 and, six and ten team in the tournament, conference record, as a 10 seed, so the committee, I think, needs to win that one and get that one right. Ten, how about Oklahoma State over Florida Gulf Coast? It's going to be some threes flying in that game right there, man. Yeah, it's flying it, all over the place. Who's, who's, let it rip. Who's in? Oklahoma State, 10 seed, Florida Gulf Coast, 7 seed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You see that happening? You yeah. see Oklahoma State beating the Florida Gulf Coast? Yes. Okay, so that's one then. Yeah. So you have a, a but, uh, but, C beating a, a single digit right there. That's one. Yeah. Okay, how yeah. about Little Rock beating Texas A&M? 11 over 6. No. 
I see Pittsburgh beating Chattanooga now. If you're looking at conferences, another one to look at is the. I see Pittsburgh 10. beating Chattanooga. Yeah, over Chattanooga. Hmm. You know, Chattanooga beat Tennessee this year. Yes. Chattanooga's good now. It, and they're not which, overrated. Which, which, if Chattanooga wins that first round game, beats Pittsburgh, Tennessee beats Boise State, would set up a rematch. Rematch. In the second round. Yeah. That's what they're It'd be in Knoxville. First one was was uh, in Chattanooga. Yeah. But you saying they ain't worry about it. Pittsburgh and Coach McConnell Serio and her squad is going to beat Chattanooga. That's what yeah. you're saying. Yeah. All right. I'm going to go back to my original statement. I don't see any upsets first round. All right. Iowa State over Dayton. 10 over 7 there. You love Coach Finley. Finley. Not gonna roll with him. Nah, Be quiet. Big, nah, big twelve. Nah, big twelve. Nah, nah. No. Nah. That that's not the way they look in the tournament. I saw <laughs> I saw them playing Dallas now. I oh, saw them yeah. playing in Dallas. And I and they were okay with that. Yes, you did. And <laughs> I had this, the conversation in the post game. Okay. Tulane over Mississippi State, twelve over five. Tulane is part of the American Athletic Conference. Mississippi State a little bit too much defensively. That that was close down what, what Tulane loves to do and that's spread you out, work the clock, and get it down and do a, run a high-low game. They, okay. they, so no on that one? No. Okay. No. I'm going with the defensive. Who, go, who we sticking to what I said? No. no he has one. He has Oklahoma State beating Florida Gulf Coast. Oh. Right? Sense. You yeah. stick with that one. Okay. Yeah. You're going to stay with that one. Yeah. Who are we going to see in Tampa? What four teams oh, are going to see in Tampa? Oh, yeah. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Yeah. Excuse me. Let's go to the regionals. Let's in addition to UConn, <laughs> who are the other three teams you're going to see in Tampa? Okay, now, I'm looking at South Carolina in one spot. Uh, one seed? Let's see. I'm trying to see who. Uh, man. I'm trying to. Is Stanford strong enough to beat Notre Dame? No. Well, then that's. Hell no. Okay. My opinion. Hell no. Okay. Well, then. That's Notre Dame makes two then. So that's, that, that's, you got one more slot. You got one more slot. So you, you're going with chalk then so far. Three number ones. Yeah. UConn, Notre Dame, and South Carolina. Yeah. Okay. Um, is Tennessee strong enough to get two regionals? And that, the lower part of that bracket. That's a good question. I still have no faith in Duke. I just don't. I just don't. Until they show me that. Well, no, Duke, okay. That, no, and that upper bracket with, Duke with, with, with Maryland, upper part of that bracket. Yeah. Now, I just, it's, me personally, I just, I just mentally just can't. Okay. So you're going to pick Maryland. <laughs> yeah. That, so you're going with four number ones. Yeah, because it could happen on the women's side. It could happen on women's side. Four ones could happen on the women's okay. side. Okay. Doc? We we'll go with UConn, obviously, mm-hmm. since that's the pick for all of us. I'm gonna go with Maryland, coming out of Spokane. Another number one seed. Mm-hmm. So far, I'm going chalk. Mm-hmm. Greensboro coming out of Greensboro, South Carolina, chalk. Okay. Coming out of Oklahoma City. Not about that, that's a good point. Okay. Coming out of Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. Crashes the party. You want Baylor? Baylor, two seed. So you'll have three one seeds and a two and a two. 
you have the Big 12, SEC, the American, mm-hmm. and the Big 10. And the ACC. Nope. No, Maryland's in the Big 10. Thank you for yeah. standing correct. All right. I'm going to do a little reverse. Although you let a little dig to me there with the regional in Greensboro. But I'm going to go with Florida State come out of Greensboro I instead of South Carolina. One, I must admit. And I'm sticking with Notre Dame and uh, getting to the Final Four because Brianna Turner from Manville High School is on that squad. So I'd like to get interview her. Yeah, so that's that'd be nice to have her. See if she could be like NECA was. <laughs> NECA was at Stanford <laughs> all four times. You saw NECA, you know. Well, that's true. At Stanford. So, be that started, get that started right there. So, I got three ones and a two. Just a different. You got four ones. I got three ones and a two. It's a different in our combination. Two. Yeah. All right. Real quick on the fella side. Same thing. Who's going to join Kentucky? <laughs> or is Kentucky going to make it back to the Final Four in Indianapolis? Uh, you know, the fellas is just. They just man up. They just they just find it. That's like you know what. I'm not going down like that. Like, I, I you, one of my picks it, it, won't be Duke. And I it, I agree. And I, 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 I and I'm a Coach K like Duke now for a long time. My my Duke. only question. Yeah, in the past I hadn't liked Duke. Back in UNLV days, uh, Michigan days, obviously. But of late, I must admit, I like a lot about Duke. But I'm not comfortable with Duke this year. And and but that going, and, and, but I'm a, and I'll that's put that key. out there now. But yeah. I'll decide who I'm gonna pick. Go ahead. Since like, I win second. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I'll All let right. you go. All right. Um, now coming out of the East, um, I'm going with uh, I'm going with Virginia over Villanova. Okay. Um, the Midwest who are matched up uh, will be matched up against the, the uh, East this year. I'm gonna go with uh, uh, I'm gonna go with Kentucky over Kansas. That's a lot of chalk here. You going one, one, and two so far? Okay. Um, now I don't see Arizona beating Wisconsin. Okay, that's I just don't. They they, they do a lot of things. I hadn't seen flaws in what Wisconsin does on both ends of the floor yet. That's noticeable. Frank the Tank. You know, my my player of the year. Player of the year, Frank the Tank, Frank Kaminsky. Uh, now. South? This is a big question mark to me. I still hadn't figured none who will of these. Who, who will we see in Houston? In now, and, and, and that's going to be a key. Now, four teams coming here to Houston uh, will be – Duke, Georgetown, uh, Iowa, and SMU. Say that again. Iowa and SMU out of the out of the bottom bracket. So you have Iowa beating Gonzaga. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and on the top part of the bracket, I've got. Uh, Georgetown and Duke. Okay. Then out of that four? And out of that four, um, I am going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with SMU on that. I'm going to take a chance on that. Huh. Wow. I'm going to take a chance on that. Boy, the folks in the, the act 
Would love for that to happen. They'd be back in American after that. Yeah, they, yeah, they'd be the American Letter Conference again. If that happened. Hey, yeah, it, it it could now. It oh, could. it could. Sure. We talking about the men's side. This is where bad game or drought, and you dead. Because team, they just on the fella side, they just siege on that when when teams go go dry. That just happens. All right. Coming out of the East, I'm not going to have a lot of chalk on this. Coming out of the East, Syracuse, I'm going with the two-seed Virginia. I just don't think Villanova has enough. They will see him uh, coming down. As you said, Duke, Coach K, will make his run. But Gonzaga is finally going to get to a Final Four. Wow. I think the bracket is really set up for them to do well coming out of there in terms of the size and the talent they have. I think they are one of those teams now that people kind of see as overrated. You don't get to see them a lot. Right. And you got to stay up late watch. You got they stay haven't late really watch. made deep runs of late, so I think a lot of people are overlooking them. They got a real post play. I'm going to go – I'm going to jump up to Kentucky. They're going to be the number one seed that comes out of the Midwest, out of Cleveland. They're going to get it done. And this is going to make uh, a lot of people happy in Kentucky because I think coming out of the West, uh, you're going to have the two-seed Arizona. I think if there's a team that can beat Kentucky, it's Wisconsin. But I don't think they're going to make it to the Final Four. Arizona is going to show you just how tough they are. I think they're prime. They'll get it done. I don't think they can get it done against Kentucky. Kentucky will make it to the championship game. They will face Virginia, and they will cut down the nets and hmm. find a way to get it 40 and 0. And part of the reason that they're going to get the 40 and 0 is they're going to get fortunate in terms of the matchups. I think the Duke team would be in position in terms of coaching ability to give them some problems. I think of Wisconsin, the way they play them, slow it down. Spread the field and shoot very well from the three would give them some major problems, but they're not going to see those matchups. So they're going to pretty much go through the tournament relatively unscathed. All right. South, since I already touched on it earlier, uh, we're going to have a unique matchup to get to uh, Houston. Stephen F. Austin will be playing Eastern Washington. In that uh, next round, after they, after SFA beats Utah and Eastern Washington beats Georgetown, it'll be a 12-13 matchup. So we're gonna have a double digit seed wow. coming come to Houston. Wow! Wow! And um, I play Duke because Duke got, you know, St. John's losing player and thing like that for two weeks, whatever. So Duke get to the Elite Eight, then lose to the Zags. Zags, I agree with Doc. Zags are finally going to get to the Final Four. East. Wow. Wow on the East. Wow, wow on the East. Yeah, that's enough. Wow, wow on the East. It's intriguing. I'm going to do it. Do some more uh, shaking it up. I'm going to pick Michigan State as a seven. I can see that very easily. To, to uh, get to the Final Four. Would, Kentucky, obviously, is going to be in, in the uh, Midwest. Would break my heart, though. 
And I think Kentucky would play Notre Dame in the uh, in in the regional final. Nice. Kentucky will get you know Notre Dame's got to make three. They they really can't do it consistently yeah. enough in that game to win it. So, but Kentucky Kentucky's my pick win at all. I know I've changed because they I I believe they get to the tournament undefeated, but they have. So now it's six more wins than before. You know, then out of the West, I'm gonna stick with. Uh, even though it'd be a rematch of of uh, last season's in the tournament, Wisconsin Arizona, yeah. I'm going to pick. I'm going to pick Frank the Tank, Wisconsin Ooh. to get there again, and then the championship game. Kentucky will go against the Zags, and Kentucky will cut down the Nets. There we go. So all three of us have Kentucky win the championship, correct? Yes. And we all also have UConn, UConn win the championship on the women's side, of course, correct? Correct. Right. So we're all going with, with the uh, heavy favorites there. Just different routes of getting it done. Yeah. Well, okay, how can folks find you on, in the social media world? All right. Uh, blog, YouTube, SoundCloud, AKSV, VCSR, The College Sports Report. Facebook, Twitter, JL Woodley1. Jerry L. Woodley Jr. Doc? Yes, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, social media platforms at Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, D R K E N Y A T T A C A V I L. Again, that's D R K E N Y A T T A C A V I L. You can also find me on SoundCloud for Inside the HBC Sports Lab. Uh, which uh, is a taped broadcast of a live broadcast we do every Tuesday on KCOHradio.com. You can listen to that if you want to listen to streaming, if you can't get it live. And that is Dr. Phil's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Ryan McGinty, and Charles Bishop every Tuesday from 7 to 8 Central Standard Time, giving you the latest and greatest on HBCU news. So it'll be interesting next Tuesday we'll get to talk about Yek and Sweat. Yep. Celebration mode. And the outcome of the first weekend of tournament play. Will we have any HBCU still playing? And that was a good question. No. That's a good that's not a good question though. No, it's a great question, but it but it's he's highly saying, unlikely. He's saying no. Yes. And <laughs> we'll get to talk talking about the pings of the bat. Okay. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. Real quickly. Kudos to my Houston Cougars for beating the right side of the baseball 8-3 Tuesday night for their sixth straight win. Go Cougs. I am KG of the Houston <laughs> Round Ball They're doing all right right now. Yeah, yeah you know, whatever. They, they beating, Rice was, beating Rice was their best win in the while this season. But six straight wins, so maybe they're finally turning things around and finally hitting the, hitting the ball in play one, instead of striking out. Since we do dropping a little bit on baseball, one thing I have to put out there is LSU, the number one team in the nation in some of the baseball polls out there, actually yeah. traveled across Baton Rouge and played a game against Southern yes, yesterday. Sir. Played used, a very game. They, they, a very good game. They went two they used innings. They used to do a lot, of, lot of that. Four, two. No, they didn't really do it that very often. Last time they did it was 90. They didn't play well, when, that when, often. When, when, and when, when very Ricky, rarely when, when, did when, they actually travel over to play. When, when Young Southern. Weeks was, was on campus, they went over twice. Right. That's what I said. It's not... That's not a great 
That's he played four years. That's half the time. It's not a lot of games. And as you said, they went over and played at LSU. LSU at the end of the uh, last caveat I put out that end of the month, first month of baseball, LSU had the number one attendance. So they said it was a rabid crowd on the campus of Southern. I can imagine baseball. Yeah. I can imagine couldn't quite pull the upset. Going down to the box on the other side, going over the on the other side of the river. There. And outside of that, Southern is struggling majorly in baseball in terms of swag competition. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's not good. And I'll pass it back to you. That's good info. No, that, that's, that's good info, but that's yeah. not good though for them to be because. Southern is is a mainstay, you know. It's, it's a recognized name in in, in swag TSU, baseball. TSU played Dallas Baptist. That's completed a four game series. Don't just, don't just, just, don't look past, at me with they past tense. Past oh my god, they were they were bottom last year, and it looks like they're gonna be at the bottom. This yeah, year. dog, that's not good. K-R, I mean, I mean, I mean, on K-R, the K-R, side. unfortunately, Kadar, the legend that he is, uh-huh. um, whatever reason, um, it looks like uh, it's passed him by. I think they're the financial side is hurting him on some side. And outside yeah. of that, just the dynamics of baseball in terms of what how he was able to recruit, uh-huh. it's spread really thin in the swag now. So you just can't leverage. Sad to hear that. And he doesn't have a scholarship. Oh, amount. okay. And okay. assistant coaches that he used to have in terms of okay. pitcher coach. All right, all right. He doesn't have that same fright and quality of people doing that. So okay. He struggled. That's not good. Uh, I hate to hear that. I really do. Yeah, Go ahead. Rich Prober. I mean, they won an NAIA championship. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, 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 at some point, you know what I mean? It, it does fall off for, for a lot of times for the wrong reason. And now, young man, are you ready? I, I am. I am ready. You've heard our predictions for both tournaments. Tell us when you listen to this. Tell us what you think. You can contact each of us on our at Twitter. You know, listeners, our podcasts are available on iTunes and SoundCloud.com. Thank you to the new people following, liking, who have liked our Facebook page, KG Fifth World Wildcat and Doc on Facebook. Tweet us your thoughts on our picks when you hear them. Agree with them, laugh at them, mock them, whatever. Say we've lost our minds, whatever. But we're here to share our opinions with you our insights we want you to share your questions and thoughts with us we got some feedback uh on the last podcast that uh we appreciate it oh yeah so thank you very much for your feedback thank you thank you very much for your comments thank you for listening tell your friends about the kg fifth world wildcat and doc podcast we hope you enjoy them we enjoy doing them for you we're getting closer to doing to being in tampa to doing a podcast with a Another person will be part of the uh, group with us. It'll be four people sharing insight on what we see in Tampa, which will be UConn, Cardinal, and the Nets for the 10th time. But hopefully we'll be seeing other things and may have some more information on uh, head coaching jobs. Yeah. You know, openings pertaining to Rice and North Texas, things like that. I'm going to wrap it up, as I always do. In conclusion. Uh-huh. Be true, Yep. be cool, mm-hmm. and do more. Amen.